Hi, this is Joan as Policewoman. To celebrate the release of Joanthology, I've made a series of podcasts with my friend, Vanessa. Vanessa, hi. Hi, Joan. What's up? <laughs> Who I've been working with since my first record. In each of the podcasts, I will be discussing a specific record or records. Today's podcast is about the classic and let it be you. To the classic. Released in 2014, recorded that year or the year before? I mean, it's recorded all along, you know, continuously from the last record. Every record gets recorded sort of ongoingly. Um, Tyler, who I mentioned from the last record, Tyler produced this record. He recorded it. We recorded it in the practice space. And actually, we did record a lot of it, a lot of the basics at the same time, because he mic'd it all up uh, in a very specific and complicated way, our practice space. But we wanted to get the intimate, uh, the comfort level uh, that we had in our practice space. We wanted to feel that at when we were recording. Because no matter what, when you go into the studio, it's a different situation, and you're not quite as comfortable. And you're in a weird, you know, you're separated in a different room from the other people. And so, so we, we, we recorded most of this all in the same room. And, uh, you know, Tyler is a, a really brilliant engineer. So, um, so that, that's how that, that's a, that's a different thing about this record. It's and was all, that still in Brooklyn? Are you still in New mm -hmm. York? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always in New York and in, in our, in the practice space, in, uh, it's in sort of South Williamsburg. It's a very soul, uh, R&B type of soul record. There is a doo-wop song on there. I think I got the most props from Lou Reed because he loves doo-wop so much. And he was so impressed that someone in this day and age was putting a doo-wop song, was writing a doo-wop song and putting it on the record. I was very happy that he was, he was so supportive of that. I am home in your arms and I feel like this is living. It's been a long, rocky road that I have run. I mean, a lot of the songs are just very up. I wanted to see if I if I could write songs that felt more positive because it's really easy for me to write sad songs. Uh, I go directly to the piano when I'm sad. Um, do I go directly to the piano when I'm happy? Not as much, you know. So I wanted to see if I had it in me to write a song that was 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 more up. I mean, the fact is, is like most of these songs still have a lot of melancholy in them, but just for writing songs pur purposes, I, so I went into it with the question, like, could I write a happy song? 
Uh, I mean, the doo-wop song, the classic, is really very up. And I had the same women that I mentioned before sing on it. Plus, I had the incredible genius Reggie Watts um, do the beatboxing in it. And then he also guests on Holy City. He does this big, long outro on Holy City. If you haven't checked him out on YouTube, it is a reason to do so uh it will just make your life better and you will laugh a lot as well and getting him involved on the record mm. was it because you had songs that you wrote with him in mind or you just wrote them and thought this needs reggie i mean the the doo-wop song there's no one that i would have rather had beatbox than reggie that's for sure um i didn't write it with him in mind but maybe i did somewhere subconsciously um, i was dying to work with him in some way um when i recorded him um, for the whole outro of Holy City, because I wanted there to be at the end of Holy City, I wanted that I wanted there to be some sort of like rapping, but like rapping, like straight up rapping on my music is not going to sound right. So I got Reggie to do his version of rapping, which was like you know the most musical, gorgeous, creative version of what that what what that is. I mean he. He recorded it like maybe seven times at the end. I danced around the room the entire time as he was doing because I couldn't help it. He's so rhythmic and so creative. And you can hear, and I mean, I listened to every one a million times. It was so hard to choose, but you can hear him developing a theme throughout the outro, you know, m- m- like with with motifs, mel- melodic motifs, and rhythmic motifs. I mean, he's just uh, extraordinary. Um, and I'm so glad we have him on the earth. Often I will fade a song once the outro starts and then there's a nice fade. And I, go, I didn't fade anything. I left every song as long as it was. There, There's a, a very interesting situation where there were really great rough mixes that Tyler had made because he had produced it. And I was going to have this other person unmentioned um, mix the record. And um, that was a disaster. 
And what happened is that we ended up using Tyler's mixes. The rough mixes were everything that we recorded was up, was in the mix. And I imagined giving it to someone else um, who hadn't heard it and then taking a lot of information out and just leaving you know, me with the mixer, leaving what was necessary because we did, we recorded a lot of stuff. I mean, that happens a lot. In the mix, you take tons of stuff out. But in the roughs, because they were going to be given to a mixer, everything was in. I mean, it was mixed nicely. It's not like things were way too loud and stuff, but there was a lot of information, you know, too much for me because I, I like to, I really like things to be you know, in basically pretty sparse, you know. Um, but what happened is that that mixing situation did not work out, and which was fine. But then I ended up using Tyler's mixes, which is not what I, you know, that's not what I planned. I planned on taking so much out. But then I got used to those mixes and got used to it just being a lot, you know, a lot on top of each other. And, and then, and then that was the sound of the record, you know, often your plans go differently. And in this you know situation, they went very, they went very differently, but in a way that I really liked a lot. It's funny for, for the release of this record, it was billed as Joan goes positive and it's funny because if it hadn't have been billed like that, no one would have thought, I don't think that. And it, it horrified many people that like, oh, Joan's going positive. Well, don't worry. I'm always, I, I'm always feeling pretty up, even when I'm really down, you know, that was my thing. It's like, I'm going to talk about how I like, you know, uh, I, I'm going to try to write affirmative songs somehow. But if you actually listen to the lyrics there's a lot of conflict in there there's a lot of um there's a lot of melancholy in there so um it was kind of funny that it was uh sort of billed as this this up record i mean the song what would you do the end of that phrase is what would you do if you saw me dying i mean it's about a friend that was like on the brink of death and um you know, I mean, so many of the songs are really, really intense. So I, I feel like in a certain way, it was confusingly billed. The cover, I, I did cover myself in gold paint. Uh, my entire self, because we did all different kinds of photos, some of them full body photos. Um, and I wouldn't suggest anyone to do that because first of all, I mean, I just was finding it weeks later and I really do know how to shower and wash. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was very messy. Let's put it that way. It's called the classic. I'm always trying to write a song that feels like a classic song. I always have been, I mean, that that's true from real life, but you know, it's kind of cheeky, the classic. This album came with some pretty strong videos, uh, <laughs> not least, well, Holy City, the title track. The title track, the classic, was filmed uh, was filmed at the Flatiron Building in Manhattan, which is a very um, classic building. Um, and, you know, it, it's shaped like a 
triangle and it divides Fifth Avenue and and Broadway. Uh, and there's always tourists there just taking pictures of it all, all the time. And, uh, you know, we got no permits. There was one camera person, um, Ehud, he's a genius. Uh, and uh, we just, we, we filmed it on the fly. Reggie, Joseph Arthur, Toshi Regan, Stephanie McKay, Michelle Zela, and I. It's, it's exactly what it is. So the video for Holy City is very signature. Um, this director, her name is Alex DeCampi. She came up with this idea where she was going to reference all these old American TV shows. And every scene uh, goes through a different TV show. There's the Johnny Carson show. There's Hee Haw, which is the first one with with like people sitting on bales of hay. Um, at the end... Um, the I Love Lucy show, I am Lucy, Lu Lucille Ball, and Parker is Ricky Ricardo. It goes out for a long time um, as, as Lucy and Ricky over the whole Reggie outro. That video was really fun because there was just a lot of ridiculous costume changes. There's a soul train moment. And the people in the video, are they all musicians from the album or friends, family? Yep. All musicians from the album. Oh, yeah, and some friends. Most of the musicians from the album. Yeah. Actually, the person playing Johnny Carson is Murray Hill, the same person that took the photo for the cover record. We should also mention on this album, perhaps recorded at the album sessions, but only on, as on, on a bonus disc or something, a bonus track, was your song, which has now made it. Onto, onto the Joanthology. Exactly. Yes. So so I wrote a song that felt really out of place for this record. I also did I I did not want to have a solo piano voice song on this record. It it was unfortunate because the song itself I think is pretty strong. Um so I'm glad that it's gonna be released properly now. But I didn't want to have that. I just, I felt like that was, that had been true for all, so many of my records. Um, and I just wanted to have a, a, a record without that. I mean, it's a really nice song to play live. It feels good to play. And it's about being sung to or singing to someone and how, how special that is when you're sung to, just one person singing to you in a room. You know, and then just hearing the the impact hearing someone's voice can have on your being. Yeah, so I'll be playing that song a lot on this on these on these upcoming shows. Before we move on to Let It Be You, we're gonna play out with a song from the classic. What would it be? I love Get Direct. I remember playing the record before it was ready i remember playing it for people and that was always the song i played first for people because i felt like the vibe of it was so strong so i feel like that should probably be the song we go out on If 
Let It Be You, an album made by you and Benjamin Lazar Davis. Yes. Tell us about that. So um, the same studio, Trout Recording, that I have made so many of my records at, I saw a poster on the wall um, for a band called Cuddle Magic. And I, I remember... Um, saying to them like what the hell is cuddle magic you know and and I and Bryce said actually I think you'd really like the music I said okay yeah whatever Uh, but if Bryce says I'd like the music I know I should check it out so at some point in the future I I I saw that my friends sex mob who's actually Stephen Bernstein who's played on most of my records and Tony Cher, who has also played, a, uh, you know, a band that I, I have actually also recorded with, was playing with Cuddle Magic. And I was like, great time. I get to see my friends and I get to see this band that I've been told I would like. Um, and indeed, I absolutely adored Cuddle Magic. They continue to make records, incredible records. They're one of the best New York bands, definitely. Uh, six piece uh, of just total music heads, um, each one of them incredibly talented, plays a million instruments really well, um, and it it's it was sort of led by this total freak Ben Benjamin Lazar Davis, who I spoke to that night, who I absolutely adored his vibe immediately, and he said. That night, we should try to make music together. Ben's very forward. And um, I mean, as I found, found out later, he pretty much says that to everyone that he meets, which is really smart because this, what that means is that he's collaborated with lots and lots of people. Um, but he's like me that way. He's very curious and will do a lot of different stuff. He just got back from being in Ghana for the third time. Um, with Bridget Kearney, who's incredible. They do stuff together too. Anyway, Ben and I did end up um, writing so- trying to write together. Immediately it worked. We, we wrote Magic Lamp the first time we hung out. For the, first, the first three songs of the record were, were written um, you know, in two weeks or something. Um, so you know, it worked. And we just had so so much fun doing it. We we realized also that that first night we we hung out, we we realized that we both had been had listened to in our lives this very spe- specific music from the Congo made by pygmy people. It were they're blowing into a one note flute and then singing along. So, uh, you know, it um it's a very specific, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sound. Um, but we we had both listened to that a lot in our lives. And we, we were kind of struck by the fact that we both had, you know, listened to this sort of like um, esoteric music and based the whole record on those patterns from that music. We actually did a lot of research to try to get there. Um, but the that area is so dangerous uh, and unsafe uh, along with Ian Chang incredible drummer and Ryan Dugray amazing guitar player we made um, this record called let it be you uh, and um, and did a bunch of touring with it we released it on Tom Rose's Re- reveal records and boy we had a really good time 
with that. And that was really nice for me to do. It was sort of more pop. It's it's freeing for me to be collaborating. I don't have to be, you know, how do I really feel? Well, it doesn't really matter. It's like I'm, you know, it's all about just making the song rather than like the the, you know, the the lyrics um being poetry. Uh so so that was uh that was really that was a good time. We released two singles from that album, Broke Me Too and Overloaded. Broke Me Too, I sing, and Overloaded, Ben sings. And we decided we would make the same video with with two roles, switching roles with Fred Armisen, the comedian and musician who I had played with in a band in 1995, six, seven, eight, called Those Bastard Souls. It revolves around a, a garage, uh, automo- automotive garage. In one of them, Ben and I are the mechanics, and Fred is the person bringing the car in. And in the other one, Fred's the mechanic, and Ben and I are bringing the car in. And everything that you do with Fred is a laugh riot. We did that with Ben Reed. Ben Reed shot that. Yes, we flew him over with his DP, Nick, and they shot both those videos in one day, and they did an amazing job. I mean, I don't know how we ever pull these things off, but we did. Okay, and choosing a song from Let It Be You. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Let It Be You is like, it's, it's, it's as close to rapping as I've ever gotten. Uh, so why don't we go out on that? Yeah.
listening to this episode of the Jonethology podcast. Make sure you check out the other episodes available. My upcoming record, also called Jonethology, will be released on the 24th of May on Play It Again, Sam.